Here's something interesting, what it means to be an American and to chase the American dream through the eyes of a Middle Eastern immigrant, and what happens when we are the ones who are out of place in a foreign land. Well, hello there. I'm Chris Oaks, and this is the Here's Something Interesting podcast, where we talk to interesting people with interesting things to say about interesting subjects. Immigration is perhaps the biggest hot-button issue in America today, both socially and politically, so this should be an interesting and perhaps eye-opening conversation with our first guest. We have two for you today, but our first guest is author of the book Beyond the Golden Door, Seeing the American Dream Through an Immigrant's Eyes, and what makes this even more interesting is this is a Middle Eastern immigrant that we're talking to. Ali Master came to the United States 30-some-odd years ago as a college student from Pakistan, and it didn't exactly work out the way you expected it to at first, is that right? No, it didn't, Chris. Uh, it was a big culture shock for me. So yeah, I came from Pakistan at the age of 19, went to go to college, and yeah, the train came off the tracks pretty fast for me, um, just in terms of just the decadent, decadent atmosphere that I was experiencing, ran into some wrong company, and mm -hmm. made a lot of mistakes, and it literally wound me up in a hospital with a slashed wrist. That was wow. the low point uh, of my my life. Wow. But uh, as uh, you talk about in the book, as a matter of fact, there's a, a, a chapter uh, all about it, the cha one of the chapters entitled, uh, America's the, the Land of Second Chances, and I, I guess that really was ultimately what taught you what the American dream, the quote-unquote American dream was all about, is that in true American fashion, you kind of made lemonade from those lemons, if you will. Yeah, I give a lot of credit in Beyond the Golden Door to the environment of freedom that I found myself in. And even though in the beginning it was so hard, um, and I started to realize there's, there are no freebies in America. You've got to work hard. And everybody I saw who was successful around me, they paid a big price in terms of hard work, risk. Um, so, yeah, I started off from there eventually at McDonald's and made manager. And I saw a lot of people succeeding and finished my college and eventually started my own business in the world of tax and and you know, got married, uh, started my own business, went from there to eventually landed at Ernst & Young, made partner. Uh, so it was a long journey that we don't have a lot of time to cover, but <laughs> right. it was pretty much following the freedoms and taking advantage of the freedoms and appreciating them. And that that is really at the heart of the book uh, is, uh, you know, your basically what you're doing here is is telling Americans that, hey, in, in many cases, we have forgotten uh, about this ourselves. Yes. I mean, you hear this every day, especially with the elections coming up. Just you see such different views. And, and it is what I'm trying to do is just remind, especially people that are like second, third, fourth generation who mm -hmm. may not realize because they've never lived without these freedoms and they're right under their noses and sometimes you can just take them for granted and sure. to really help them appreciate it through my own journey and they can start seeing their own experience and going, you know what, 
I am pretty fortunate. Yeah. To what extent does the fact that we do tend to take those freedoms for granted impact the way so many Americans view immigration and immigrants themselves? I do think that there is a lot of, uh, uh, I think it does affect it because maybe there's some fear, right? I, I, I feel like there's at least a group out there thinking, you know, this is going to take away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there is this feeling that, you know, this is going to reduce my own opportunities. But I personally have don't believe that, and I've created thousands of jobs in my own life here with right. businesses and contributed. When we talk about the, the mindset of many people in today's political climate with respect to immigration and immigrants, how do you, when you hear these stories in the news, how do you compare that to what you experienced when you were new to this country? I mean, this is certainly not uh, a, a new phenomenon. We've had very strong, lots of people have had very strong opinions about immigration and immigrants for a long time. How does the mindset now compare to the, the climate you remember when you were new to this country? So I've seen these spikes. That's a great question, by the way. Uh, I've seen these spikes. When I came, it was a different time in the 80s. It was pretty welcoming. I mean, I experienced some interesting, you know, discrimination at times, and I talk about some stories in the book, but I also found many in the majority community very welcoming and hospitable. Uh, I think the big spike happened, of course, after 9-11. Right. Um, and that was an experience to go through as, as someone from a Muslim country, and that really awakened a lot of emotions and feelings, rightfully so, and, and maybe a negative view of immigration. Um, and then I think uh, Americans in general, I feel, have a this positive outlook in life. And after a while, 9-11, people then kind of started to get back. And you, again, felt like, okay, it was going to be all right. Uh, and then over the last few years, there's been this huge spike of uh, discussions, feelings around Im- immigration, um, concerns, visa restrictions, all that. Yeah. And for those who are in to, in a similar situation to what you were then and, and are in that situation right now, who are uh, trying to come to this country or new in this country, uh, trying to get an education, trying to get that start, what is the message, what is the takeaway from your experience that one could apply today to somebody who is uh, experiencing many of those same challenges? So I think the fundamentals, I still feel, apply. In the fundamentals of embracing the culture, so don't isolate yourself um, or maybe just only stick with your own kind to, to learn the values, learn the sports, learn the language, learn the culture, work hard. I still feel like America is the place that rewards those that invest and take risks and work hard. Um, I think getting here is probably even harder than it was in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly. But once you get here, once you get here, those fundamentals are the same in terms of 
embracing the values and understanding them and not isolating yourself. Does embracing the culture, embracing the language and and all of that embracing, quote unquote, Americanism, does that necessarily have to mean turning your back on on the culture uh, of your heritage? Not at all. I I think because I think sometimes um, people confuse those two. They do, and I think in my case, they probably see me and go, oh, he's really assimilated. But you don't have to give up your... You can be bicultural, Mm -hmm. and you can maintain your authentic identity and bring your whole self to work or to your community. Um, You know, I think we're just talking about embracing and learning and appreciating the values that found in this country and to openly share and respect those and and, and, and reciprocate. Yeah. So, no, you don't have to give up your full identity or your culture that you bring. I mean, I think that's always been uh, part of the history to, to bring, bring that immigrant culture into the nation. It's really a unique perspective, uh, one that uh, both uh, today's immigrants and all of us uh, lesson there that we can all take away, a perspective we don't often get beyond the golden door, seeing the American dream through an immigrant's eyes. Ali Master is the uh, author. And do you have a website real quickly for the book that we can guide folks to? Yes, thanks for asking, Chris. So yeah, my website is uh, www.alimaster, so A L I. M-A-S-T-E-R dot com. So people can find me there. They can, of course, find the book anywhere on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And they can connect with me on Facebook at Author Ali Master. Ali, thanks very much for taking the time. Best of luck with the book. Thanks for having me, Chris. So let's turn this whole thing around the other way. Let's turn the narrative on its head here. What if we are the ones who were out of place in a foreign land? You know, with the economy doing well, global travel and tourism is booming in 2019. And if you are among the millions who are perhaps vacationing overseas, it's important to know the proper etiquette, since other countries often have very different cultural norms than what we are used to. Dean Foster is our second guest today on the program. He is a world culture expert, founder of DFA Intercultural Global Solutions, and host of the podcast Oops, Your Culture's Showing. And uh, Dean, this uh, obviously would not apply just to tourism either, but to the growing number of businesses with contacts internationally. In fact, you might argue it would be even more important in a business setting because money is at stake here. Absolutely. Um, You know, we started our work over 30 years ago advising businesses that when they work across borders, they've got to adjust to the cultural differences because people think differently, they manage projects differently, they negotiate differently, they communicate differently. And so if you need to understand your your new uh, audience in a new country, you've got to understand the culture. So it's not just for business people, but it's also for leisure travelers as well because, you know, that trip has cost a lot of money and you want to make make the most of it you know and 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 yet it might be one of the last things that people think about when they're preparing to visit a foreign country i mean as you said it's a you know expensive this takes a lot of time to plan and we worry about the language we worry about the monetary exchange rate maybe we worry about whether our phone will work in a different country but this could potentially get you into more trouble than any of those things 
Right. You know, everybody travels with travel insurance, right? But um, you need some cultural insurance also. And, and fortunately, <laughs> you know, we've got a series of books that can give you the information you need and also our podcast. And so there's lots of ways you can get this kind of cultural insurance, but you do need it uh, because it's things are going to be different when you step off the plane over there. Yeah. So give us some examples of uh, those cultural no-nos that you find are pretty common uh, um, among travelers. Right. Well, you know, everything that we may assume is the right way in certain places might be exactly the opposite. I'll just give you a really simple example, and sometimes it comes down to just hand gestures or, or facial expressions. Um, in the southern Balkans, in Albania and in Bulgaria, for example, if you shake your head from left to right, when the way we do and we mean to say no, well, in those countries, that means yes. And when you shake your head up and down in Albania and Bulgaria, that means no. And, you know, you just need to know that before you agree to a price yeah. if you're doing business in there, right? Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of others uh, that I have in here, here in my notes that I thought were uh, interesting. It says, if you are in Greece, which is a, a popular uh, tourist uh, spot, you never hold your hand up, palm facing out uh, toward someone else because that is uh, an aggressive gesture that is uh, seen as uh, very negative. Right. So if I'm standing on a street corner and I see my friend Nick across the street and he doesn't see me and I want to get his attention, I'd start to wave with an open palm. Yeah. But that gesture in Greece is very, very challenging. Mm. It's what you would do before you hit somebody on the side of the head. <laughs> so he's not going to be pleased to see me doing that. But, uh, you know, those uh, those examples or that example specifically, is that really that serious? I mean, you know, it may represent a breach of etiquette, but uh, could it lose you a business deal, for example? Absol absolutely. You know, something as simple as like the OK sign in the U.S. where we make uh, a circle with our thumb and our first finger. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a very, very, very um bad gesture, then that's a mild word, yeah. in Brazil. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're, you're sitting at the table, you signed a deal, um, there's a lot of money on, that's riding on the deal, and then you flash the USOK sign to your Brazilian colleague. He may stand up and tear the paper up and walk out <laughs> the room. Now, he may also understand that you don't know those things, right. but he well, might not. Yeah, he well, might not. And, and that's what I, I kind of am getting at, because I would imagine that some of these... Uh, you know, especially those who are involved in the travel and tourism industry, they probably recognize that, hey, this guy is from another country and he probably doesn't realize, you know, what this gesture means or what have you. And I, I guess the reason I bring that up is because there I, I'm wondering if there are different levels of this where there are those that might be embarrassing and then more serious things that people could do that might say get you thrown out of a hotel or a restaurant or even worse get you arrested absolutely um, it certainly kill a business deal mm -hmm. and you know business is cutthroat and very competitive and chances are that if, you've, if you're out there looking for a deal, your competitors are doing it, too. But if they understand these things and you don't, then you're not going to get the deal. They yeah. are. Yes. So, you know, you've got to give yourself the best advantage you possibly can. Uh, but to your point, I remember one time uh, 
a friend walk a friend and I walked into a British pub. So you don't have to go to you know really exotic and foreign locations just to experience these differences. We walked into a into a pub in London and it was very crowded, and he wanted to get the barkeep's attention, but he couldn't he couldn't shout over the noise. So he raised his hand and he and he put out um, the V for Victory sign, which is the first and second finger, indicating that he wanted two beers. And, mm. you know, in the U.S., if we do that, that's okay. It doesn't really matter whether we hold our hands where the palm is facing us or the palm is facing outward. But in Britain, it does make a difference, mm. a big difference. And if you hold your, your V for victory sign with the palm facing inward, and, well, that's a really bad gesture. And the bartenders huh. just kept ignoring him because he did that. So instead of getting his two beers, he risked actually getting a punch in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, worth pointing out that again, we're talking about in this case, Great Britain. So even though they speak the same language and ha- have many of the same cultural thing, I mean, we, sometimes we think of Great Britain as kind of an extension of the United States, but it can be anything but in certain situations. Um, oh, very much so. Is, and, and the language, the language, it can get you into trouble. There are real differences between British and American English. That's a good point as well. Uh, is there a rule of thumb? that you could offer that would apply to those when in doubt situations? If I'm not sure, what do I do? Yeah, if you're not sure, I think you be humble and you ask questions and you admit that you're not sure because everybody understands that you're not if you're if you're not from them and there are probably you might not understand these things and there are probably they, too many of them to know all of them unless you spend a great deal of time in another uh, particular country. Uh, yes, uh, that's right. Unless you're spending a significant amount of time in any one location, or if your business is like mine, where you have to know these things. Right. Uh, right. But ask questions at humbly and with great curiosity, because it is fascinating. Things to think about when planning a business trip or a vacation to a foreign country, every bit as important as planning out what landmarks you want to visit while you're overseas, and yet so many times uh, it is overlooked. Dean Foster, again, founder of DFA Intercultural Global Solutions and host of the podcast, Oops, Your Culture's Showing. Dean, where do we learn more? Sure. Uh, Come to my website, which is deanfosterglobal.com, and you can get lots of good information about all these different countries. Um, And then you can find out about our books, because I've got a series of books called the Global Etiquette Guides. And there's a Global Etiquette Guide for Europe, a Global Etiquette Guide for Asia, a Global Etiquette Guide for Africa, and a Global Etiquette Guide for Latin America. And country by country, we have all the differences laid out for you. So you've got all the information you need to have a successful trip. So prepare. Very good. Dean Foster, thanks very much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. A real pleasure. Good stuff there. And that does it for this edition of the Here's Something Interesting podcast. And if you found this topic interesting as well, we can discuss it further on the Here's Something Interesting Facebook page at Something Interesting Podcast. If you happen to just stumble upon our podcast, we thank you for listening. We invite you to subscribe so you can get all future episodes as well. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, and Spotify, whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. I invite you to like our Facebook page. Uh, We mentioned earlier, share it with your friends too that might find this stuff interesting as well. I'm Chris Oaks. Thanks for listening.